are live. We're in Sturgis, South Dakota yet again today. Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, the 82nd going on. Big ride today coming out of the Pappy Hoyle Campground, which is the Full Throttle Saloon, as uh, they uh, ride today for the VFW, which is a, a fantastic ride and a fantastic reason to ride. Uh, but back home in the great state of Wisconsin, uh, the Brewers got a nice win last night. Andrew McCutcheon, uh, it was funny, I was, uh, uh, we were watching, uh, they had the MLB Network on at a place called The Knuckle downtown last night and watching the MLB Network, and they kept flipping around. And Andrew McCutcheon, um, you know, got on base knock and such, and um, he had or the, the uh, double that he had. And there was a group of Brewers fans. Uh, they weren't from Wisconsin at all. As a matter of fact, they were from San Diego uh, that were here, and they were talking about Andrew McCutcheon and saying, you know, hey, he's not an MVP anymore, but, man, that guy just goes out and hustles and plays. And uh, they were real Andrew McCutcheon fans last night. So it was kind of neat. Got into a discussion with them a little bit about the Padres and picking up Josh Hader and how much, you know, obviously uh, Brewers fans miss him and how much San Diego fans are really going to enjoy him and like him. And he's kind of that – that California cool type of kid anyway. And uh, so we, we were talking a little bit about it. It's amazing how, you know, you, you're not only out here in the midst of, you know, the middle of the country, a little sleepy town that normally has less than 7,000 people accumulative around it. And you run into people from San Diego and everybody's out riding. And now all of a sudden you end, end up in a discussion about the Padres and the Brewers and a lot of things intersecting. So it was kind of cool last night. It was really, really neat. Then we came back to, full throttle and the band hairball was on the stage which is great uh, they were out here touring which is the band that is going to be playing our motorcycle ride coming up on sunday september 4th at the wisconsin harley davidson in oconomowoc after the ride gets done that, that's the band that's going to be playing our party so we had a chance to catch up with those guys last night they had a really cool ceremony uh if you've ever watched the show full throttle from years gone by pat uh who was a, a part of all of that uh had passed away from covid and a heart valve issue uh, about a year ago. And last night was the night that they had a, a celebration of his life inside Full Throttle last night. So we were down there for that and part of the documentary series and such that they're filming here. So a lot of cool stuff going on. But uh, the Brewers get a win last night. Uh, go for it. Yeah, the, the two-game sweep today. So how are things back home, Ben? Kenny, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. It is what it is. What do you mean, ugh? Well, I talked about this last night on the Wisco Sports Show. It's a busy work week for me, but yesterday was kind of a, a beautiful storm of terrible things to happen. I got stung by a bee, first and foremost, uh, the first time oh, no. in quite some time. That just started it off. And then yesterday, it's a quick turnaround here between your show, all the other stuff, and then his show. A lot to prep in that time. And I just ran out and tried to find a sandwich, and I had probably the worst chicken panini of my life. So Ed, things are just <laughs> oh not God. looking up for me right now. <laughs> well, you know, uh, one thing is you at least know never to go there again, right? So you've got that going for you. Yeah. I might try a different sandwich from there. I don't know. I just need to rethink how I operate day to day. Okay. <laughs> you got to rethink your systematic way of life at this point. Well, the good news is... Then after Friday, uh, I'm back, Grant's back, uh, at least life for you will settle down. You'll go back into somewhat of a, uh, a norm, right? Yeah, 
in a way. Uh, Kenny and Heilprin will be moving to two nights a week, though. But that's good. That means football's back. Did you watch? Yeah. I, I doubt the answer is yes to this, but did you watch Hard Knocks last night? I did not. No, I'm, I've got a DVR. When I get home, I'll start watching it. It's, was it good? I know it's the Lions and, you know, semi-Packer rival, at least in the same division, but they are so likable. It was awesome. Yeah. I I had heard uh, – I was kind of flipping around this morning. Uh, just for the fact that when you're out here, it's kind of cool because I have internet in the RV that connects to my Spectrum account back home. So I get Spectrum news in the state of Wisconsin – I don't get the local channels, but I get everything else except the movie channels. But as I started flipping around, so I, I, I'm kind—I'm of, a little bit of sports deprived. I still get ESPN and stuff like that, but I don't get Bally's. I, I don't get all of that stuff out here. So I'm a little bit sports deprived, so I couldn't watch the game. That's the reason we went into town last night. We were watching MLB Network at, at the bar. And uh, so I have not gotten my full, you know, full-on dose of everything that I normally get. So anyway, long story short, uh, I uh, did hear this morning as I was flipping around, because I've been trying to kind of absorb as much as I can nationally via talk shows uh, a little bit regarding the uh, Detroit Lions and Hard Knocks last night, but I have not yet seen it. So I'll see. uh, I DVR'd it. I'll see it when I get home and uh, probably watch it on Sunday and then uh, be back again on Monday. But but no, I didn't get a chance to see it. But I kind of heard a little bit of that, that there's just a lot of things that feel good about the Lions. Whether or not that translates into wins or, or maybe a surprise this year regarding the Lions, we'll wait and see. But, uh, but yeah, I'd heard some, some decent things about it. So, uh, 877-867-1670. That's a phone number to get a hold of us. Uh, if you want to watch over on the Bud Light live stream, you can in many different facets. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thebillmichaelsshow. Uh, you can subscribe absolutely positively free over on YouTube. And uh, go to youtube.com slash Bill Michael Show. The same thing over on Twitch TV. Get a hold of us on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Find, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, find Ben Kenny at Ben Z Kenny on Twitter as well. So, all uh, different ways to get a hold of the program and hang out. Brian Gudikin spoke today. We're going to hear from him coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, but uh, going back to the Milwaukee Brewers. So, last night they get the win. Back home, a little home cooking. After everything has gone down with, you know, Josh Hader and such. Um, so, but, you know, it's still, the, the home cooking thing didn't really work, which is why I'm reading this right now from, from Jacob, who says, I guess the home cooking finally did a little bit of good for the Milwaukee Brewers against the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, but they were home over the weekend, and they didn't get the win. I'm not going to say it's because they're home. It's just you know, they played some good baseball last night, no crazy errors last night, got some good pitching. Woodruff back on the hill today. So, and again, sometimes you just need a couple of wins to stack together to get a little momentum. But we talked about momentum yesterday. Momentum in baseball is different than energy in baseball. Uh, you're only as good as your next day starting pitcher. Uh, stupid errors. You know, it seemed like at least yesterday. Now, I didn't get a chance to fully watch the game, and Ben, you did. Tell me if I'm, I'm, I'm wrong on this, but at least what little I saw, nothing, it looked smooth. It wasn't. No boneheaded errors, no craziness. I, I don't know how else to put it. I, you know, baseball is baseball. You, you, you know, 
it, it's it's not football. You go out and just dominate a team. You have your offensive line just beating the hell out of somebody and just grinding on them to the point that you know they can't stop the run or can't can't create a pass rush or what have. Baseball is a slow, plodding, methodical game, and you know, like I said, you're only as good as the man on the mound. So. You know, last night was a win, and everything looks good when you win. Everything looks good when you score runs. Everything looks good when you walk away with a with a victory, and everything plays out the way it's supposed to. Um, so last night was what I would call a smooth game. Beyond that, I I don't I don't know how to put you know different stuff to it. I guess, but uh, to tack like all of a sudden you know, hey, clap your hands, here we go, here's the energy of back. That's that's not baseball. I mean, I mean, it'd, it'd be great to think. Don't get me wrong. But that necessarily is not baseball. Um, so there you go. Uh, by the way, uh, Josh Hader, speaking of the Padres, uh, and I, I, you know, I did talk a little bit about that in the beginning when I said, you know, hey, they're really going to end up, you know, liking him, I believe. But he did blow a three-run lead last night. So did you smile at that or did you feel bad for Josh Hader reading that, seeing that last night, Ben? I don't know. I had a mixed reaction. Uh, it obviously goes against the direct narrative that he's going to go and make them great. I didn't really, I, I didn't react much, honestly. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind to me at this point. But it is noteworthy he threw 37 pitches after throwing 21 the night before. It kind of feels like a situation that we didn't see, at least for the last couple of years in Milwaukee, where Hader would kind of pitch no, on re- his own, like doing. He would pitch when he was ready. Right. Here it feels like he's just going all out. The uh, um, remember when he gave up runs, he was on that incredible streak where he gave up, where he wasn't giving up anything. And then what happened was he pitched, and, and we talked about it, and I can't remember the series, but he pitched like something like that, like 27, 32 pitches the night before, and then Council went to him again, and he, that's when he gave up his runs. And you were you were like, well, you understand it because he threw so much the night before. It was as they were coming down the stretch into the All Star break, and you kind of went, wow, what are you doing, you know? And that's when there was fallibility. And so it, you know, now that you've had a chance to see Josh Hader, and, and you understand, don't go out and throw 27 pitches the night before, and then throw try to throw another 27 to 35 the next day. It, it that that's not the recipe for success with Josh Hader. At least not right now. We've seen it a couple of times this season. So I, I was a little bit surprised when I read that this morning that he had thrown that many the night before that they went to him again. But then again, you traded for this guy. So, you know, you're going to burn him up. You're going to burn him up and use him as much as you possibly can, you know. It is what it is. Uh, 877-867-1670. Larry says, enough with the hater thing. He's not coming back. Who said he was coming back, Larry? Stop it. I don't think he – and Gordy says he's on the downhill. I don't think he's on the downhill. I think he's still extremely solid. And because he's had what? I mean, you look at what he's done this season, and what for the most part he's thrown extremely well. On the downhill is going out consistently night after night and getting beat up. He's not getting beat up. When you pitch him back-to-back in long innings like that, in long stints of, of numerous pitches, yeah. He's had some issues in that in that case. So, anyway, I don't know. But uh, Brewers get a win. Back at it again today. Woodruff on the Hill. So, good stuff there. Uh, coming back uh, after the uh, after the break, Brian Gutekinds uh, had a chance to speak, and apparently he was pretty good today. 
Some uh, some good stuff, some good nuggets there. And by the way, the veteran offensive line that we discussed yesterday is going to be the starting offensive line for uh, the, the Green Bay Packers coming up on Friday night. Matt LaFleur making that announcement as well. So I don't think you're going to see the mix and match of youth. I think you're going to see the mix and match of veteran protecting Jordan Love, which means that for the most part, Jordan Love is going to be playing with the ones. You're not now. You're not going to have Bakhtiari. You're not going to see Elton Jenkins and company. But for the most part, um, yeah, you're you're going to see Jordan Love get a, at least his fair share of ones to play with in this upcoming game out in San Francisco coming up on Friday night. This portion of the program, as always, brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And by the way, when you talk about uh, the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network and Bud Light, don't forget. You've got uh, the Wisconsin State Fair still going on. The Bud Pavilion has Stetson and Lace coming up a little bit later on tonight. Uh, on the main stage, Charlie Barron's tonight doing his shtick. So you get a, get a chance to go out and see him this evening if you're heading out there. Uh, the Charcoal Grill Roadhouse, Foreigner Forever. you got Still Storman at Krakovia coming up later on this evening. Uh, you've got uh, Jack Reed Group tonight at the Lakefront Brewery. So a lot of different stuff happening. Ryan McIntyre, a good friend playing over at Major Goolsby's. Miles Wangren at the Camp Bar uh, today at 1 o'clock. So if you're heading out to the Wisconsin State Fair, get out and enjoy it, but make sure you swing by the Bud Pavilion. Tell them we said hi. Miss the Wisconsin State Fair, but the Bud Pavilion always rocking. And thanks to our friends over at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back, The Bill Michael Show. Coming to you live from Sturgis, South Dakota. Pretty nice day today so far. As um, at least we got a breeze today. Got a breeze, which was yesterday. There was nothing. It was stifling. 95 degrees, hot, and no breeze. Today it's going to get to 95, but at least you have a little bit of a a breeze. It'll be a hotter breeze this afternoon, but uh, as of right now, at least we're not uh, not sweltering like yesterday was. Uh, tomorrow, 103, back to 97. On Friday, and then it begins to cool down as the weekend sets in. Uh, Brian Gutekinds, general manager uh, of your Green Bay Packers, he uh, he spoke to the media today and apparently had a couple of uh, interesting insights. Let's take a listen to what Goody had to say. Obviously, you'll come back and, and watch it in detail. But I'm live and in person on Friday, what are you looking at? I think just you know a lot of how different guys, especially the new guys, how they handle the sidelines and. Uh, just kind of some game management stuff with the quarterback and really just, I mean, I'll probably stay on the sidelines, I think, and just kind of seeing how guys interact with the coaches and, um, you know, just handling the game time environment, which they haven't had, you know, so that's, I think it's really the young guys more than anything. What, what, do, you, what do you value there as far as the, you know, interactions and stuff? I mean, I guess what's, what's the, what are you looking for in that? Well, obviously it's a different, if it's a different pressure situation than it is out there in practice or even in family nights. So, um, I think it's just, you know, can they stay calm in the moment? Can they focus on the task at hand? Um, you know, stay true to their fundamentals and their techniques. Because sometimes, obviously, when those lights come on and the crowds there, it just becomes different. 
Arrow was saying yesterday the expectation for a quarterback in the preseason is to play well. It's mm -hmm. vanilla defense. So what, what does playing well mean for Jordan? Well, I think it's, it's a little – I mean, every preseason game is a little bit different, but I think you got to move the ball, you know. You know certainly you would like to score. And, um, but I think just be productive, you know, with the opportunities. Given, you know, every play is going to be different opportunities and just making the right decisions, um, getting in and out of the huddle, um, but making plays when they're, when they're there to be made. Frank, where have you seen Jordan's biggest improvement this – yeah. yeah, I think he's really stacked days, and I think you're starting to see a little bit more consistency. I think you always saw the flashes. I think you're seeing more consistent day-to-day decision-making, um, confidence and letting it loose when, when he sees it, you know, and not, not hesitating or maybe thinking twice. Um, I know Matt's talked a lot about just kind of, you know, things are slowing down for him a little bit. Um, but one of the things I've seen is when he, when he recognizes it, Trusting it and then just really kind of being more violent with his throws and just more more, more intent uh, with what he's doing. Ryan, you had a number of specialists and get worked out. Mm -hmm. um, is that just emergency list building, or are you looking to make a move there? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, I think we just we kind of wanted to, you know, we always are trying to make sure guys are in shape where they're at, um, you know, for our emergency list and then and whatnot. But uh, uh, at the same time, I think we're uh, as we get into these, you know, we got a game Friday night. Two like really intense practices and then another game. So uh, we also have to cut to 85 on on Tuesday. So um, you know the numbers game is going to come into play here pretty quick. So just making sure we're on top of things there. Speaking of that, when you're in the roster building, specifically like the wide receiver core in particular, mm -hmm. how do you balance keeping the 53 most deserving versus what a unit might be? Yeah, that's a, that's a it's a really good question. You know, I think as um, you know, this year we're going to have 16 practice squad players as well, um, you know, there's going to be an ability for those players to be elevated more than there were in the last couple of years. So you know, we've talked a lot about it as we've, as we've gone into this camp about just trying to keep, you know, the 53 best players, not just certain numbers at positions, because I think the, the ability to elevate practice squad players maybe allows you a little bit more flexibility than it has in the past where you say, hey, I have to have this number at every position. Um, maybe that's not the case as much anymore. Maybe we're going to be able to kind of, you know, um, be a little bit more flexible with our numbers, uh, whether they're on the 53 or the 16. Can you just talk about that over the last couple of years, Brian? You've had so much more flexibility with IR practice squad numbers. You really have a 69-man team, don't you, now, over the last couple of years? I think that's a pretty good way to look at it. Um, you know, I think, uh, obviously, in, you know, between the 53, the 69, and then the 48 guys that, that dress on game day, um, I think you have to look at it a lot of different ways. And obviously, the 48 guys that walk out there on the field every, every Sunday, that's, that's the most important. Um, but as you know, it's a long season uh, with injuries and trying to manage that. I think um, the more flexibility we have, and you know, this year with you know the 16 practice squad players, the ability for those guys to come up three times, um, and then you know we're still going to have some some room with the return to play our guys, which we have eight eight of those. So um, it's not as flexible as it was with COVID, which would, we would love to keep that you know as personnel guys. But uh, there's much more flexibility than there has been in the past, and I think um, as we build that out, it's I think. I think it's really good for the players too, because now veteran players have another opportunity to stay stay in the game and keep, and keep playing, uh, where maybe before they didn't. Brian, I know every team's in the same boat. We look at you have a shorter training camp now. We're down to three preseason games instead of four. There's this big ramp up before you can put the pads on. The practice times, um, you know, are limited. Does it feel like just more and more of a squeeze in terms of being able to get the, the type of evaluation? On players, or, or how do you look at it? Yeah, I, I do think that there's there's much less. You know, there's not four preseason games anymore. Um, 
there's no more two-a-day practices, and, and you really weren't able to kind of, uh, I think in, in the past, we were able to get through that grind period earlier, and so to where the guys got maybe a little bit more in their comfort zone. Um, but I think Matt does a really good job, you know, uh, intentionally of kind of as we approach these games, kind of like putting guys in positions to see what we need to see. Um, but it's not, uh, there's not as many opportunities as we've had in the past. Brian, at, at offensive tackle, you've hit some really good veteran guys with Veldier and, and Wagner and uh, Kelly last year. Right, is that a spot that you might be looking for, um, regardless of what Dave's status is, but you just don't have a lot of depth there presently? Yeah. I, we're always looking, you know, we're always going to kind of kick the tires as we go through the preseason and, and we get down to that 53 cut. There's obviously a big opportunity there as, as guys are, are making their roster. Um, but we do have, you know, two significant players, you know, that haven't been out there that we'll be coming back to, which I think as we've gone the past few years, that really it, it hasn't been like that. You know, like when we went out and got somebody, we didn't have guys coming off the shelf uh, of that caliber. So, um so, we'll, you know, if there's opportunities out there that we think we can help us, we're, gonna, we're certainly going to look at that, but um, nothing imminent. Monday's practice uh, with the first team offense in front of Aaron on the offensive line, there's two guys that had 16 starts so far in the years. Can you think of a – if that's the group that goes week one, is that the youngest offensive line you've had in your time now? Yeah, I'd have to go back and, and look at that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I know we have a lot of confidence in those guys, and that, you know I think um, they are young players. But those guys have had pretty significant game experience. You know, Yash and Running and, and Newman and uh, Josh got a lot of you know work last year as a rookie. Um, so, um, like I, I like the depth of our group, um, and certainly getting those two All Pro guys comes back certainly you know changes things a little bit. And I'm confident those guys will get there. But I, but even without those guys, like I really like how the guys are working. I have to test every day with the group they're going against. And um, that's only going to make them better as, they, as, we, as we head into the season. We always talk about the difference between being in shape and, and football shape. For a guy like Dave, who's played a lot of football in his career, but not recently, at what point in camp do you need to see him get back to be in football shape enough to yeah. be ready for week one? I think when the, when the timing's right, you know, he'll get there. I think with a guy that has as, as much experience as Dave, that, that, that time will be much shorter than I think, you know, other guys. But, but there's no doubt when you have, haven't played as long as he has, there's going to be a period of time where he's going to have to develop that callus and kind of get back into that um, elite level play that, that he, you know, has always been used to. So uh, he's a unique athlete, and uh, I know he'll get up to speed quickly once he gets out there. But we'd love to have him out there now, but I think there's, um, there's risk reward on that. Does that, does, that, does that period of time mean that he needs to be back in camp to be ready for week one? You can't just you know have him miss all of camp and then be ready in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't necessarily think that. Um, that would be ideal, you know, but I don't necessarily think that. Do you anticipate uh, both him and Jenkins starting on the pup, or do you think they'll? Yeah, we're not. We're not. No timelines right now. Um, they're both doing really, really well. Uh, I think they both have a, a shot to play early in the season, but we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna put any timelines on it. If we get down to that point where we think that's the best thing for the football team to keep them on pup, we will. Um, but uh, they're progressing very well. Can you kind of can you confirm Dexter's return and then why you made the move just to get another leg, a couple of legs in here? Yeah, no. So yeah, we brought a bunch of guys in yesterday. Dexter was phenomenal shape and looked really, really good. It was good to see him again. And um, I think right now with going into these. Like I said this week, with um, two games and two really intense practices, we needed a, we needed another running back, um, kind of with what we're we're going through. So, hey Brian, going back to last year with Tyler Davis, what did you guys like about him when you brought him in, and just what did you think about how he kind of hit the ground running? You know? Yeah, I think um, you know, certainly he can run. You guys have seen it out there. He's got really good speed. Uh, he was a position, you know, conversion, which 
that takes time, you know. So um, we kind of thought, you know, uh, he'd been making that conversion for a couple of years and maybe he was about ready to, you know, and I think at the time we needed a little bit of uh, help at the tight end spot. We'd certainly been through that with Bobby. Uh, it's hard to be patient sometimes with those kind of guys to get to the other side of it. But um, I think if you do, you know, he was a quarterback that turned wide receiver that turned tight end. So a uh, smart kid who can really run. Um, he's still very raw in some ways as well at the position, but I think you guys see him kind of consistently making plays and, and um, he's got the kind of speed that I think that uh, you know defenses have to take notice of. There is some roster cut. with some roster cuts coming up. Are you planning to have a conversation with Aaron Rodgers? We kind of communicate, you know, throughout the week all the time. So you know, I think uh, most of those big conversations would come, I think, more towards the end of camp than than, uh, than right now. But uh, yeah, certainly, you know, I pick his brain a lot on what he's seeing out there. Um, again, we're very early in camp and we haven't played preseason games, so. Um, this next, you know, eight, nine days here are going to be really important for our football team. And I think after we get through that, um, we may have a little bit more information as to where we're headed. Hey, Brian, just one follow-up on Davis. Is there some – what kind of markers do you look for when you're looking at, you know, whether it was Robert in 17 mm -hmm. and making that switch that, that you can kind of see that, you know, this is a guy that could potentially, you know, complete a, a spot for the tight end? Yeah. Your tight end's an interesting position because, you know, they have to understand the entire, you know, almost like a quarterback, you know, the run game, the pass game. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, there's a certain level of intelligence you really have to have. You have to be a smart guy to really understand that all. And then I think also just obviously there's athletic, you know, uh, attribute size and speed and stuff that we're looking for. But there's also, I think, whenever you take guys, whether it's a wide receiver that's coming in at a tight end or um, kind of like Robert and, um, and Tyler did, it's, you know, quarterback, wide receiver. Type. There's a little bit of level of toughness and ability to play physical on the line of scrimmage that takes time. Uh, but there's got to be a willingness to do it as well, you know. So... I think those are some of the things we look for, but um, you know, I think you've seen throughout this league in a long time, whether it's basketball players, that tight end position, um, that you get guys from everywhere. There you go. That's Brian Gudikins. Let's do this. Let's step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get the second half of that discussion. But some interesting things coming out of what Goody had to say. Interesting things about the uh, desire for the evaluation as well when it comes to Jordan Love and some of the other things that they're looking for out of the game uh, on Friday night. As we sit here in Sturgis, South Dakota, the music cranking up, they have got a, uh, a show that they do, as uh, you probably hear the music in the background, uh, and they have got two girls, and I don't know if you can see it out in front of us uh, on the Bud Light live stream, but on that scaffolding that is in the midst of that, uh, that grassy area, they have a motorcycle that they drive up a, a wire, kind of like a high wire act, but then there is a girl that, uh, as they drive, kind of does Cirque du Soleil stuff and uh, above the ground. So it's, it's pretty cool, kind of dangerous, but that's what it's all about, I guess. But, uh, but that's what they're doing. And, oh, by the way, they're scantily clad. <laughs> it is what it is. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, Bill Michael Show. Coming to you live from Sturgis, South Dakota. If you follow us 
And, you know, we went to break, and as we went to break, uh, the uh, the young ladies that were doing the acrobatics on a motorcycle high above the ground here in uh, in Sturgis, South Dakota, uh, I did, somebody uh, who I don't know who it was, it was Mark, I think he said, get some close-up, uh, get some close-up. So the video, I did get some video during the break, and I posted it on the Facebook fan page. You can find it over there, the girls doing the uh, Cirque du Soleil stuff on the motorcycle and the hanging bar below and such. Uh, just a snippet of it is over on the Facebook fan page, and it, it's there. So you can go take a look at it and uh, see see what it is they were doing. Uh, basically, bikini-clad women riding mo- motorcycles on a high wire and doing Cirque du Soleil stuff. So there you have it. Uh, let's do this. Let's get back to Brian Goodkins, general manager for your Green Bay Packers. Talking about the uh, game coming up on uh, Friday night and also what he's looking for throughout camp. Take a listen. <laughs> Brian, you've, uh, on your offensive line, you generally liked athletic guys. Caleb Jones probably is the opposite of what you've looked for over the years. But he's an effective guy. I mean, it's like when he gets his hands on yeah. the defenders. It's over, I guess, what did you see there and what made him? What made you think he'd fit here? Yeah, obviously he's got rare length. you know, And I think he's one of those guys, for as big as he is, everyone wants to talk about his size, he's, he's a little bit better foot athlete than I think people give him, give him credit for. Um, we kind of liked his play temperament coming out of college, and uh, I, you got to give him a lot of credit. He's made the most of his opportunities. Um, he's gotten himself in really good shape, probably the best shape he's been in since high school, you know. Um, and I think he's done a really nice job. So um, I'm excited for him, and among others, to get out there um, Friday night and really kind of ha- you know have an opportunity to, to see what they can do. When it comes to whether or not Aaron is going to play any preseason snaps, do you leave that up to Matt and, and maybe how Aaron feels, or do you have input yeah. on that decision? I think that's um, it's really up to Aaron and Matt, you know, and, and kind of working through that, what's best for the football team. I'm certainly, you know, me and Matt talk all the time about kind of these games and these practices and, and, and the opportunities and snaps. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a, that's one of those decisions that, you know, Matt will ultimately make. And, um, you know, I think, you know, it's a long season. You know, everybody gets – uh, you know, hyper intense with the beginning of the season, and it's really important. But at the same time, it's a very long season. So, um, I think as we get towards um, the middle of next week, or you know, those decisions will kind of kind of be made, and just in what's best for for our football team. So, Brian, when uh, was reached the perception uh, of the catalyst behind signing Nixon and Levitt? I mean, was it were those two guys? He really he was big on those both those two guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. So he, you know, when we were going through before Rich was here. As we go through our meetings, Nixon was on our radar as a nickel corner. He had done some good things, and and you know, so we knew with Shandon leaving, and you know, and, and some different things that were going on that we were going to kind of have to be aware uh, and maybe active, you know, looking at some of those nickel guys. And then when Rich came in, obviously, you know, he was very, very high on him as a special teams player, and now we had a, a good feel for the player, the person. Um, and then Levitt has just been one of their best special teams players over there for the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, he was very influential in, in kind of those two guys. In, in uh, I don't I think you signed Rico Gafford before uh, he he came here yep. right mm-hmm. uh, so when when you he, he looks like he's a big part of special teams yeah he goes he's doing a really nice job but man he goes against everything I've been taught <laughs> so when you were evaluating him did you evaluate him as an offensive player or do you player? When he, coming out you know we, as a defensive player and then obviously we we saw him I think um, we really liked the athlete you know. Um, and uh, when we got him here, um, as we started kind of looking at how the team might shake out, and again, it's you know we don't have a crystal ball, so we have no idea, but we just thought it might be better to move him over. And you talk about a guy that's made a lot of his opportunities. He certainly has. And so, um, 
you know, and he's again, he and his limited opportunities in Nashville, like he's been a pretty good teams player as well. So, um, you know, again, he's, uh, you know, there's some mentors of mine that would not be happy from a height perspective, um, but he uh, he's showing the ability to overcome it a little bit. So. After two more, please. Brian, you mentioned a couple times what you anticipate to be some intense practices with the Saints. Mm -hmm. Are you in on those conversations with Matt and the staff and the Saints staff and what you want to get out of those two days? Yeah, yeah I think Matt and, and the coaches over the Saints, are, they're talking pretty frequently just to kind of to, just to set those two days up so we get the most for both teams out of that. Um, you know, I think anytime you bring – you know, um, another team in to, to have practice days like this. And you guys have been a part of them. I mean, it's just a different intensity. And I think we're very aware of that as we approach this week and, and making sure um, we do the right things for our players and getting them ready. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic environment, in, in my opinion, from not only evaluation uh, purposes for our football team, um, but the also the ability to control some of those environments to protect our guys, uh, unlike a preseason game. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it I think it's going to be really good for us. Um, but it does put a lot of load and wear uh, on your on your team because it is, it's much different than just a normal practice. And this game Friday night, uh, they've almost become a common opponent on a good football team, mm -hmm. and you're on the road. That's a pretty good test that you can ask for to evaluate your young guys. Absolutely. And I think um, and those are so important. I mean, the difference between what you do out there in that practice field when, and then when the lights come on and there's no coach right behind you telling you what's coming uh, and being able to communicate and then, and then perform at the same time. Um, I mean, that's what this game is. And then the guys that make it in this league and play a long time at a high level, um, they're able to handle that environment and those atmospheres. So this, is, this will be the first and best test for us to really see how these guys and then you know whether they have good performances or bad performances it's you know it's what they learn from that and how they carry it over to the two practices in the next game so um, you guys know I mean there's guys every year that maybe don't do much and maybe struggle in those first few games but by the time we get to that third or fourth game when we used to have the fourth game it all comes together and they're in their comfort zone and everything allows them and, and now we're starting to see the true you know potential of a guy so it you know the more it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You, you know, you, some, again, I, you've heard me say I want to bubble wrap guys up and just get to the first game, and there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but at the same time, like these things are you know, getting through these experiences to really let us know what a guy can do for us um, this season and, and maybe further on down the road are, are really important. Thank you, guys. Thanks. There you go. That's Brian Gudekins, general manager for the Green Bay Packers. Some interesting stuff there. Um, so, you know, talking obviously uh, about – Looking at the young guys, how they handle the sidelines, their first real action, getting amped up, how they handle their emotions, but also a lot of talk about uh, Jordan Love and what they're expecting. The game management he specifically referenced, game management out of Jordan Love, seeing more consistency, uh, talking about how his confidence has gotten better and just kind of letting the ball loose and, and going with instinct rather than trying to read too much into it. This is the year that they're looking mentally for him to make that jump and we've talked about that. Uh, no timeline right now. Still nothing regarding Bakhtiari. Obviously, Elton Jenkins is going to be down for a while. Robert Tanyan and such. There's a few guys that still are, you know, nursing injuries to come back. And then a lot of discussion regarding the New Orleans Saints and the intensity of those practices, making sure that they get the most out of them without getting them too intense to the point where it, it can, can become contentious and unproductive. So a lot of stuff in that, uh, in that, in that presser with Brian Gudekins. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. 
Going to hear from Mike Clements up in Green Bay. Uh, and then we got some uh, special stuff going on out here. Uh, wrapping up the first hour of the program as they're staging Jesse James Dupree from the band Jackal. He does his motorcycle ride today. And uh, he uh, he uh, does it for the VFW, and they raise a lot of money and a lot of awareness, and it's really, really good stuff. So they're staging that right now down in front of us, which is the reason you see so many motorcycles as uh, everybody's lining up to take off on the ride this morning. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up live out here in Sturgis right after. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers having a final practice and walkthrough before they fly to San Jose tomorrow to face the 49ers Friday night. Quarterback Jordan Love, who's only appeared in six games with one start, says he's looking forward to it. Showcasing you know, everything we've been putting together so far during camp. Just going out there and uh, you know, being able to make plays and uh, going and getting a dub. The two most experienced offensive linemen for the Packers right now are John Runyon and Royce Newman, each with just 16 starts in the NFL. At left tackle is six foot seven Yash Nyman, who was an undrafted free agent Matt LaFleur's first year in Green Bay. Nyman has only eight starts, but is making progress. You know, he's grown a lot since when we first got here, and that's a great credit to everybody in that room, you know, with Steno and Buckus and just the veteran offensive lineman taking him under his wing and you can see the talent right when he got here. He's a, I mean, there's not too many guys that are that big, that are that athletic, that can run like he can. Now, the regular season begins in a month. If this is their offensive line, will they be able to compete against the Vikings defense with Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, we'd have to really be smart about how we're playing in that situation. We've done it before. We've played against San Fran multiple times with, uh, with not our starters off the edge, and and sometimes done a nice job and sometimes struggled. So, you know, there's definitely some spots open. There could be interest in people not in the building right now. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to Goody about that. But we need to see those guys step up and and somebody take it over. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us. Thanks so much for hanging out. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, Broadcasting live out here in Sturgis, South Dakota. And uh, down below us, as you can see over on the Bud Light live stream, uh, Jesse James Dupree's ride is getting ready to to take off, uh, about 8 to 10 minutes here. And uh, they do a lot of different work, do a lot of different benefits. One of the things that's near and dear to his heart is the VFW. And obviously we work with, in conjunction with them, being with Fisher House, Wisconsin as well. Rob Couture, who's the communications director with VFW, is here with us. So how are you doing, first and foremost? Uh, and you got here yesterday when it was hot. Today at least we got a breeze. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I tell you, um, so I flew into Rapid City and they lost my bag. So it's been a little bit tough. <laughs> But, you know, it's probably no different than any one of these uh, right. cyclists out here right. that are, uh, you know, probably well, going with whatever Yeah, they but have it, when you start sweating in only one set of clothes and you don't have another set of clothes until they find – did they find your bag? No, they still haven't. So oh, I my to, goodness. I had to swing by, like, a local store and just pick okay. up a couple, at least the undergarments. Okay. Yeah, just uh, find a few things to, to help you towel off, I <laughs> yeah. guess is the best way to put it. So, first of all, talk about uh, the VFW's presence here 
and the reason that it's so important for you to be here? Well, first of all, having a, a, an outstanding relationship with Jesse James Dupree, who you know is a huge supporter of the VFW and what we do for the Unmet Needs Program. Uh, we have a booth that's downstairs mm-hmm. right here at the Pappy Hoyle Campground and the, and the big uh, building that we're in. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about membership. There's There are so many veterans that come out to Sturgis. They right. come out to all motorcycle uh, rallies. And, and really, it's a way of therapy for them, uh, you know, treating the uh, seen and un, unseen wounds of war. Uh, and, and it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. So to see all these veterans out here, why would we not come out and invite them to be part of the VFW? And if not, there's supporters out there and help have them and give them an opportunity to uh, be able to give to the Unmet Needs Program, which helps veterans veterans and service members in their family. It's funny because we, we also do a golf outing, and then my motorcycle ride for, for uh, Fisher House comes up in, on Sunday, September 4th. But every year you get the stories of uh, veterans that come out. Maybe they come by themselves or with a friend, and all of a sudden they find somebody that has gone through exactly what they've gone through. And, and yeah. we get it every year. We'll get a story where they'll say, I've come back, I had PTSD, I had whatever issues. And this was the best therapy because I ran into somebody who went through the exact same thing yeah. as me, and we're not sitting in a, 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 an organized environment trying to discuss our feelings. This was guys sitting down having a beer and kind of talking about it and saying, I understand what you're going through. That's kind of, that's kind of what this is. It really is. It's the camaraderie that comes along with being – I mean, those of us that are in the military. I served mm-hmm. in Afghanistan twice, 24 years in the military, and when I got out of the military, I was trying to find where I was going to fit in. And, you know, who better than veterans to welcome you in and right. put arms around you. So to be in an area like this, to be in an event like this, like-minded individuals who enjoy the same pastime as, as you do, uh, to come out and just feel like you're – part of something right. again, is wonderful so you guys have the presence here obviously i know you're going to be working with jesse when he comes back to milwaukee for the hometown rally coming up on labor day weekend you guys have a presence on stage down there at the harley museum the night yep. before our ride obviously but uh if people want to become involved if people want to look up information if people want to find things that may help them if veterans are out there that are in need how do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. VFW.org is the website to go to for many things. If they need help with their VA service claim, uh, and I'm going to bring this up real quick, is that the PACT Act got signed into law today, the most comprehensive health care bill for veterans uh, from toxic exposure during their times of war. Right. We talk about Agent Orange. We talk about burn pits. We talk about oil fields and the Gulf War. We talk about all these different things which veterans have had a hard time and able to get uh, medical benefits and care and compensation for finally became law today so a big big day for veterans and if they're looking to find out what that means in healthcare benefits they can go to vfw.org they can find out where they can uh, have a free service officer or a service officer help them with their claim for free uh, to be able to file those claims and if they want to become a member of the vfw they can go join and, and that's how they become part of it and the cool thing is we've got uh, i do get people out here that listen that's still from you know the midwest and such so if you're a veteran and you want to uh, find out more information and maybe you're not tr- cruising around today and and looking on your phone but you want to stop in they can come here you oh. guys are actually here handing yeah, out information and, and signing people up and all that so kind of we're stuff. here we're also downtown right over okay. in the armory okay. uh and we have a service officer there that can help them out with their uh claim and also some people for uh to help them with membership as well, well that's fantastic good stuff yeah. and you guys are here till when uh, we're here till Saturday. Here till Saturday, and then uh, everybody kind of takes off after that. And, well, hopefully they find your luggage, man. Yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> hopefully you find a few undergarments. Now, are you riding today? Or no, you... I did not. You know, okay. the thing is, is that I flew in. I, I 
probably could have gone with our other partner, Eagle Rider, and and uh, got a bike, but yeah. uh, you know, got a lot of other things going on. So okay. Unfortunately, I'm just going to be like you up here watching them. Yeah. Ride. No, we'll just watch them walk away and yep. ride away and pull away and enjoy the day. And uh, it's going to be hot, and I'll be back here in about an hour or two and celebrate and have a good time. Well, great to meet you, man. I appreciate it very too, much. Bill. There you go. Going to go. Rob Couture with VFW. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. One hour down. we got a lot more yet to go. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live out here in Sturgis, South Dakota. Bill Michael Show. A lot of it continues coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.